They were high school sweethearts that got married and had two kids. It's the Brunettes. From a new location, they tweet all day, but that's okay. They're the Brunettes. She is a journalist. He is a wonk. Wonk, wonk, wonk. They talk about the news or whatever they want. In the fight for justice, they're on your side. You can't deny it's the Brunettes. Joining us now uh, is a very special guest, uh, my father, uh, Mr. Marty Brunick. How are you doing today? Doing good, Matt. It's good to talk to you. Now, I'm having you on because uh, you called me a couple weeks ago, and you said uh, that you were watching a documentary on uh, Q, uh, QAnon, uh, on HBO. Was that right? Yeah, it's a six-part series, and I think I was in my second or third episode when we were just talking and I, I said hey i've been watching this q uh series and it's it's crazy so and i you told me you had been watching it so six hours six hours so yeah. uh you watch it on uh do you watch it on like the hbo uh streaming app or do you just watch it mm-hmm. on the, the tv yeah just the tv for mm-hmm. me yeah. yeah you watching you do any streaming services netflix amazon prime <laughs> anything like that <laughs> few ever come to visit i could use some help i we we can't we we don't have any right now we surprisingly the package we're on we can't even i didn't even see where we could get netflix which is i'm sure that's not correct but yeah well you should you know you should check it out especially you're retired now right you you retired a few months ago yeah december december how's that going you miss work no (laughs) As you well know, I, I did 45 years of manual labor, and it's, uh, it's not the best course. And I wouldn't suggest it for anybody. <laughs> Would you say that, you know, when you went to work, it gave you a sense of purpose and meaning and dignity and these sorts of things? Yeah, actually, it's it's funny when you get to that line of work, and if you, you do retain, you do learn and retain a lot of knowledge, and you you find the management types are asking you what to do and you know, what, what, what can I, what can I do and how do you handle this? And so it's, it's, it's a little humorous, but yeah, I had a, I had a great relationship with a, a lot of people. I, you know, there was only around 10% white uh, people where I worked. And uh, mm-hmm. so I got a really good uh, feel for, you know, black, Hispanic. Uh, I was, I was, it's an It's good. I, I'd recommend anybody can, you know, infuse yourself in that kind of situation. It's good for you. I, I enjoyed that part of it. So, so you're saying that management didn't? You're saying the workers knew better how to how to uh, run the the where because you worked in a warehouse. They they had a little better lay of the land than the management did. Yeah, the management. Uh, I think any probably anywhere you go, probably all across America, if you get into certain situations there's there's usually probably the worker bees know a whole lot more than uh you know the 
manager types. They were, they had college educations, but they, if it wasn't just laid out for them, they don't make a books telling you how to deal with a lot of this stuff. So it was a, that part was, a, they really though, they didn't, they didn't bother me much because I did have a lot of knowledge and I, Pretty much leave me alone, but they did ask me a lot of questions a lot. So <laughs> they never would bring you up into management, but they 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 would uh, they would use your knowledge to help them manage. Yeah, and I I didn't ever want to I didn't ever want to be in management. Uh, I was offered a few times, but it you know raising uh, you and your sister and uh, all your sports and stuff. I didn't want to miss out on y'all's childhood, so it. You pretty much once you get in that, you you're working a bunch of crazy hours. So, any uh, you know, any interesting stories uh, in in terms of uh, you know, uh, the work the workplace. Uh, well, you know, what was the most interesting uh, thing that ever happened there? I could I could tell you one thing that just me and a buddy of mine we talk sometime. We both just tears when we're talking about it, but we we were gonna have a client come and visit our warehouse and uh you know and uh, this is the top bosses the top bosses were just you know really on pins and needles hey this has got to be perfect and which you know in reality it's not that way but you need to we need to make sure you know we sweep all these aisles pick up all the pallets sweep under the pallets put the product back in the racks and this just has to be perfect and we had this we had this one young, young supervisor, and uh, he he told us that uh, he said, "Okay, you guys, uh, the guy I was working with was named Ralph, and he he said, okay, Marty, I need you and Ralph to uh, mop the wax the floors on these two aisles.'" And we only had about a about a half a Two and a half gallons of wax is, is about what we had, and there was no way I was going to cover half of that. And we had a bunch of floor stripper, and I said, we're not going to be able to wax the floor so we don't have enough wax. Well, he thought we were, we were just trying to get out of it or something. And he, he said, no. He said, mix the wax with this stripper. And we told him, we said, look, that's not going to work. It's not going to work out. Mm-hmm. And uh, he said, just do what I tell you. And I said, okay. So we we mix that stuff together and put it on. It like put a hideous waxy look. It wasn't a glowing wax. It was like a dull, dirty looking. <laughs> and our, our boss, our boss, uh, big boss came in and he saw it. And uh, he goes, what are y'all doing? I'm not going to use any... Uh, bad language here but <laughs> you can't be what there, there was quite a lot exchanged during that time but <laughs> he said, well he, he says something like what the hell are y'all doing and we said well we're we said we we told this guy was named chad that was a supervisor we said we told chad that this wasn't going to work and he's going to screw everything up and uh he uh he told that guy uh the supervisor he said chad come here and he said, what the hell did you tell these guys to do? And he started kind of fidgeting because we had told him, bad idea. And uh, mm-hmm. he was uh, he was pretty much dog-cussing him. And then he 
turned on me and Ralph and he goes, look, you guys, I will use one. He goes, you guys know he's a dumbass, don't you? <laughs> yeah. But you did it anyway, didn't you? You're going, yeah, he's the boss. <laughs> you know better than to listen to him, don't you? And he just, he was like his uh, temples were popping out of his forehead. And he was, he, he was all kinds of colors, red, blue, you name it. And it was a, uh, it was a godsend that for some reason that, the, uh, one of our customers, they called after the last minute and said, we're not going to be able to make it today. And that was, that probably saved that supervisor's job, but, uh, I don't know if any, um, I don't even know if you're going to use it in this in the podcast, but what, what was really funny about it, there was like a, a little mop handle thing. You put a mop head on, but you can, they make them where you can, put a, uh, a razor blade on them and he made that guy scrape both those aisles up with the, just a razor blade the supervisor had to do that no no that guy was all he was there all weekend and <laughs> i mean because he he said you better have this i think it was on a friday and he said when i come back monday you better have all this cleaned up and it was uh there there's a million I had really some pretty funny stories with that one. When you just said, give me a good one, that does a good one right there. <laughs> All right. Well, so let's get into the uh, the Q stuff. So uh, before we get into the show, I want to know what kind of knowledge you had about Q before watching the show, because uh, you, you're not on the Internet too much. Is that right? No, no I don't tend to get on it too much. So you watch, uh, you, you got your... Um, your local television news, you got your newspapers, and then you've got uh, yeah. just just talking to people. Those are your information yeah, sources. Yeah, and you you know you you got a lot of different kind of newses, you know. But it uh, I was just uh, I was taken aback by how many people were. I really had no idea till I started watching some of this and watching on TV, and I really got to thinking how many people are. Did you did associated you, with Q? I'm not talking about. Did you know anyone uh, in in real life or through uh, you know uh, know someone who knew someone who was uh, into yeah, Q? I will tell you, my wife's you know she's on the internet some. She's got a she's got a couple of her friends and one of her nephews that uh, they were. I know I know all three of those people I'm referring to. They were. They must have been drinking the Kool-Aid because, I mean, they were just one friend of hers who really won't talk to her much anymore. I find that really ironic because they've been friends since they were in, like, first grade. But she was, my wife would say, no, I don't I don't think that stuff's right or nothing. <laughs> they would just go, no, it's right. And you there's, you can look at this channel and then, uh, and it was, you know, I mean, when you started, like, those uh, that march in uh, Virginia or, uh, Charlottesville, where they had uh, so many of those people, some of them wearing rebel f- flags, some of them wearing Q stuff, and seemed like everywhere, especially when at the Trump rallies, that Q stuff was pretty prevalent, you know. It right. Was, uh, so that's what you that that was your uh, experience with it before the documentary, including a, a lost friendship over it. You think? Yeah, it wasn't yeah. on my end. But right, yeah. right, yeah, yeah, but on the... Uh, yeah, she says she'll only talk to her now. Of course, 
she was a huge Trump Trump fan, and there's so many people that you know. This same uh, lady I was talking about, she was saying, you know, Barack Obama's incarnation of the devil, and I mean, so many people. And she has, she's got a high degree. And she has a, she was, she's very. Uh, Actually, they live real close to Liz's parents. Liz's parents used to live in Arlington, so mm-hmm. give you an idea of the neighborhood. You know? <laughs> yeah. We have a lot of there's there's probably quite a few people like that. It's you know I, I kind of could understand if it's like high school level and below, but this stuff went pretty far up the food chain on that. <laughs> you, you were surprised by the level of education of these people who who bought into the Q stuff. Did that surprise you too? Also, uh, yeah, well, you know, I didn't know what to think of it. Um, yeah. I didn't know really who was buying into it. I only could see what it was on the internet. Like, and y- yeah, I mean, it's hard to believe anyone bought into it. No well, matter. I, I, it was a genius idea, but I mean, it got out of hand. You know? <laughs> All right, so let let's jump into the series a little bit. So, you know, for the listener, if you haven't seen this, it's a six-hour documentary. And the basic, you know, mo- most of the time uh, is spent with the filmmaker whose name is Cullen Hoback. And he is basically spent, I would say, spending, what do you say, maybe half the time just kind of poking around to try to figure out who Q is. And for those who are completely unfamiliar, Q is a poster who posts drops, like little bits of text that he writes on a forum and people strung together these thousands of posts that he make made over the years they were all kind of cryptic and they would try to sort of figure out what they meant and there was this whole community built up around it it seemed to have ultimately reached i don't know maybe the low millions of people who who kind of got swept up into it but q was an anonymous poster uh, it was posting on anonymous uh, board, uh, first uh, 4chan, and then later 8chan. Yeah. And he's trying to figure out who these guys are, and he spends most of the time talking to Ron Watkins, uh, who is the, um, the, the who's the guy who's running 8chan, where, where Q yeah. is posting all his stuff. Jim Watkins, who's Ron Watkins' father, and I guess sort of like bankrolls 8chan. And then Frederick Brennan, who was the founder of 8chan, but ultimately turned on the website and was trying to kind of get it shut down. Um, And so he spent, I would say, most of the time on that. And then also maybe about half the time on just kind of following people who got sucked up into Q and other kind of commentators and people who were doing YouTube channels about Q and just kind of seeing its impact. on society that seemed to be the basic gist so what what you know in watching these six hours what would be the 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 thing that most uh i don't know what was your big takeaway or what what stood out initially maybe as sort of the funniest or craziest aspect of it well the craziest aspects because it it took me all the way to the very end of you know find out that uh you know ron watkins was you know the I guess mastermind behind it, but it was uh when you talk to you know uh, Fred Bennon or uh, James Watkins or, or any of these other people, they go, I've never heard of it. I uh, mm-hmm. well, do you know so and so? No, it just doesn't ring a bell. And I'm like, 
you guys all, y'all are all in this thing. And it took, uh, you know, another thing that I found interesting is how, how far in tandem were they with the, you know, Trump election reelection situation. And because they had a, it's a well-coordinated deal to get this cube just really, like you said, it, it was probably in the low millions, maybe a little higher. And it just, uh, I don't know if it would have kept going. I wonder, because these, some of these people, they, they start looking at all this stuff and they just get indoctrinated into it. It's, uh, it's like a cult in a way. Mm-hmm, yeah. It's pretty, pretty, uh, fascinating especially when you heard some of them people they were then some people they were just hanger honors to make money or i think but uh sure yeah you know yeah so do you think because because at the end of the the six hours they kind of take you through this winding path in which sometimes he thinks oh i think jim watkins which is the father yeah. i think he's q or maybe steve bannon is q or maybe mm-hmm. And then at the end, they conclude that Ron Watkins, who is the son, he's probably in his 20s, maybe um, maybe early 30s, and he's yeah. the guy who runs the site. And he, at the very end of the thing, he kind of, uh, the filmmaker definitely thinks that Ron Watkins is Q, yeah. and he, the kind of smoking gun is supposed to be that he's having this interview with Ron, one of his hundreds of interviews probably, and Ron's kind of going on and on. And, he, you know, I've been researching this stuff for years and years and years. And then he says, and, you know, I've been posting about it uh, for years and years and years. Uh, then he, But then he says, uh, but I've never posted about it as, I never posted about it as Q during those periods. Mm-hmm. And then he kind of smiles and realizes that he's, he seems to have said that <laughs> in that moment that yeah. he is Q. Um, yeah. So where are, you, where are you convinced with that? conclusion because that's kind of we don't get any conclusive evidence exactly we get that what appears to be a kind of verbal slip up uh there at the end um and then a lot of circumstantial evidence you know because he runs the website and all that kind of stuff yeah he starts he's after he pretty much like you said slipped up he smiled and i'm thinking he's an intelligent person he's thinking the back of his head like I might have went a little too far here. <laughs> that was an oh shit moment. Yeah, I don't really know. When I I wrote down a couple of things, I'm I have questions of you know concerning Roger Stone and Steve Bannon, and I'm just wondering. Oh yeah, and uh, General Flint, who that guy's about as crazy as they come. But <laughs> he's out of the military now. But uh, I just don't know. If, I don't know how much involvement they had in it or how much they, uh, I know Roger Stone and Steve Bannon had a real, they, if they wanted to get a hold of Donald Trump that day, they could. So right. it's, uh, it's interesting to know that, uh, I mean, I just wonder how much Trump knew he can't. First of all, you can tell Trump's line when he talks. So you don't really, you don't know. I mean, how much he knew or, uh, you know, I think he had he had a pretty good idea what was going on. But what do you think about that? Well, I do think that near the end there, Trump was, you know, someone was at least relaying to Trump that, hey, there's this Q thing. And if you, you know, say this on TV, it'll really like rile them up. And, you know, maybe that'll help you in some 
some kind of indirect way. I don't know how much he's, you know, I don't think he's reading the Q drops or anything like that. Uh, So, but don't interrupt. I got a question though. When they started showing the Q stuff, let's say if you can figure out this little diagram or something, you can get into Q. And I looked at that diagram thing. Did you ever spend any time looking at that? Oh, the the locust was it the locust locust, or cicada? The cicada thing. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that bit of the movie was a little bit confusing. I think what he was trying to get at was that there was for this time this cicada thing, which was kind of like a scavenger hunt online and you would you know if you you'd have to figure out what this file meant and it would point you to a physical location and then if you went there there would be another clue and whatever and he he kind of suggests that q was an outgrowth of that and or at least learned from that as far as like intriguing people kind of like leaving breadcrumbs and getting people interested but i don't you, you didn't need to be in the cicada thing to get to be in Q, all you needed to do yeah. was go on to 8chan yeah. and read the stuff or there were tons of other websites that would just copy the stuff from 8chan and put it on on their own website in fact that's probably how most people accessed it because as you probably saw in the in the uh movie if you actually go on to 8chan it's just full of of like porn and nazi stuff well, that's what i saw as a weird i was like okay I- What's that got to do with that? But yeah, that's true. It's, uh, uh, I guess, I would like to know who, who do you think their major funding, where they get their major funding from? Because I'm, I'm sure. I mean, they, anybody, could get on those websites and sell those T-shirts and stuff. So it wasn't like they had a direct line to that you know uh, yeah how they make money off of it i mean they were presenting it as if the website was losing money um which probably was true because it's hard to get advertisers to advertise on a website like that that's true that's really true yeah yeah they had at the end they had you know of course uh had uh the one uh the the senior uh james watkins you know he Mm mm-hmm Oh, that big farm. <laughs> I don't know. And, uh, that's, uh, and then a lot of it been, you know, run out of the Philippines, which it might because their laws were more and more laxed. But that just it was a bizarre circle of stuff. And, you know, earlier in the earlier Q thing, they had one guy in South America, South Africa. Now I'm like, well, oh, yeah, yeah. The guy who maybe. moderated the first Q board was yeah, a South were, African guy. They were all over the place. <laughs> yeah. Was, there were a lot of expats. And you wonder, yeah. <laughs> why yeah, are these really people fleeing odd, America? It was an odd, an odd sort of characters for sure. There's no doubt. Yeah. Yeah, there was no an... Doubt. There, there was an... Intri- he didn't quite lay it out fully at the end, but it, it almost seemed to me like there was initially some other person or group of people who were Q... Because they were posting at at 4chan, and and then it moved over to 8chan. And then for a while, there was a board on 8chan where he would post. And then the guy who was running that board, who was the South African you were talking about, he then notices that something changed with uh, the poster. Um, And if you're running the board, there's things you can see 
that you can notice, oh, this is not the same guy anymore. It's not the same poster. He claims to be, but it's just someone else claiming to be Q. And he comes out and says, oh, no, this is fake Q. This is fake Q. And then quote-unquote Q, quote-unquote, moves to a totally different board. And then it's Ron Watkins who says, no, this is the real Q. I'm the moderator of the whole website. I run the whole website. I know for a fact it's Q. And the South African guy is like, no, I sent him a message being like, this is not Q. You know it's not Q. What are you doing? And it just kind of went from there. So it seems to me like there was a thing that was Q, which was someone sort of playing along. And then Ron Watkins hijacked it because he ran the website, moved him over into a different board, and then he became Q. And so I do wonder who was the first Q. (laughs) That's We don't get an answer to that question. Yeah. You know, Frederick Benin, he was the one that's, Started that four chain, right? Yeah, Frederick Brennan started eight chain, which is where yeah eight he ended up, yeah posting. Then James Watkins kind of take that over. Or? Yeah, he like muscled him out. It was a little unclear. I think it was kind of like uh, Watkins bought it from him. You know, the website yeah. never made money, and so it's like okay, this guy says he'll pay to keep it going, and so he kind of took it over just because yeah. he had the money and willingness to run a money losing website. Yeah. It was a it was a bizarre. If you could probably watch that same that whole thing two or three times, and you still would have some questions about now what I, I, I do really question uh, at January six at storming of the Capitol. How yeah, what much, what do you think about the Capitol situation? Uh, you know, in general and and as related to Q, I'm curious about that. Well, see, I, I know a lot of that was, those are all Q followers. I mean, not not what I mean by that. A, a good portion of that group was Q followers. I mean, they, they you know, wearing those shirts and all, they had a, that was like a mass merchandising event for Q. And uh, <laughs> they were just, uh, they were everywhere. And, you know, you, you got your normal kooks and the draped and rebel flags and so you had, Unfortunately, Texas, of course, we ought to be the biggest and best. And, yeah, we had the most idiots there from what, what I'm gathering on the local stuff. And uh, mm-hmm. that just, uh, it's just a crazy, the whole political spectrum is, it just blows my mind now. You, you get Trump in and he he gets rid of everything Obama could sign in on his own. Yeah, the executive orders. Biden comes, in, Biden comes in and he gets rid of everything that Trump signed in on his own mm-hmm. that he had overdone uh, Barack Obama on. And it, you really wonder if they get any. And in the cast of nuts, of course, I don't know anybody nuttier than Ted Cruz, but I mean, you got you got a whole bunch of people Marco Rubio, Ted Cruz, uh, that whole. And the, I don't think Democratic sides are not like doing really great either. But they're you got some real zealots up in that uh, House of Representatives, and you know they're more interested in keeping their jobs. But uh, mm-hmm. you know, and Marjorie Green, she she's about as idiot. She's about if she can't win any of the year award, I don't. She makes Cort, uh, Cortez look like a like a, a normal. Girl Scout or something, big time, you know. But. Mm-hmm. 
Georgia. Yeah, yeah. yeah she's got to be the craziest member of Congress yeah. at this point. Um, yeah. And then Lauren yeah. Boebert is probably number two. And uh, yeah. Clay Higgins, who was out of Louisiana, he used to be the craziest member of Congress, but now he's just, he's nothing. It's just, he's yeah. not even close to these people. Now, you, you, you can... You can be a moderate real quick in the Republican Party just by not being crazy, but it, uh, I don't know, it's its probably another podcast for some other time, but that is like, it's gotten just uh, really crazy, you know, so. Mm-hmm. I'm wondering, uh, you know, in broad strokes, the... Um you know what? What are your what? What's your take on uh, I don't know politics in the U.S. and um, you know I, more generally about uh, you know the economy and uh, you think the economy is fair? Do you think uh, some people are being um, mistreated? Uh, you know what? What? What's your basic uh, take on our on our system? You know, having worked now for forty five years and and I'll seen it. I'll tell you what. In the in the last. 20 years when I worked, I I was probably making a base of about $15 an hour. Now, in the last 20 years of that time, I went up to $20.05. So you, if you space out $5 of raises over 20 years mm-hmm. and... People, when you told them you were making $20.05, they're going, man, you're doing pretty good. And I'm like, how do you figure that? I mean, you know, it's, uh, uh, I got my wife's car washed Tuesday. No, I think it was Monday. And uh, the guy that owned the car wash was sitting out there, and it's a real nice car wash. And I went to talking to him, and he said, I'm already paying $15 an hour because I think it's going to go up to 15 and he goes, and I can't keep help at 15. He goes, they don't want to work. And I'm, I could kind of relate to that because I worked with a lot of people that they didn't just minimum. Some people worked a lot harder, but uh, I don't think $15, I, you know, everything they talk about Biden doing is, oh, socialist, socialism, socialism. You know, this infrastructure deal has been going on since Clinton and it's funny when you get a party in power with both House of Representatives and Senate, they still don't ever pass anything on that. So on the minimum wage, uh, no well, minimum wage and this infrastructure. Oh yeah, yeah, they're working on that right now. We'll see yeah, what happens. Yeah, and they, uh, I didn't have any problem with this last bill they passed. Uh, mm, the American uh, Rescue Plan. Yeah, there's also though there's good and bad, and I, and I know it. Did you get your check? Did you get your fourteen hundred? Yeah, I got that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, You guys, I know if you make make more, you're not even going to get that. But uh, I don't. I think it's. I do know some people. (laughs) If they were getting four hundred dollars a week unemployment or something, they're not. They're not going to go back to a twelve, thirteen, fourteen dollar an hour job. They might even go to a fifteen dollar an hour job because it. Free money, you know, mm-hmm. and, they, and it's. Uh, well, you so think do you I think mean, the employers they should be paying more, or or you know what what do you want to? Well, I'd, I'd like to see that fifteen dollar. You know, it's it's pretty uh, interesting because I mean I know that 
I think Walmart on average now pays 13 plus. Not that I'm a big fan of Walmart, but I mean, you know, Amazon, they pay $15 and I heard they just work the, you know, what out of their people. So Mm -hmm. uh, they haven't had a union vote in Alabama and I I, I didn't keep up. Yeah. Yeah. They're still counting the, they're still counting the ballots. That would be a big, that'd be a big step right there. I was, you want to see Amazon unionized? Yeah, I'd be. I mean, it'd be good if for the people if that's that's what they want. I will tell you one thing. I was in a union for 19 years, mm-hmm. and we got bought out. And we got bought out two or three times, and uh, uh, you could definitely tell the difference between union and non-union. Now you still worked really hard. You're Union's not going to make it where you don't have to work. But I mean, you right. you worked really hard. But if somebody just didn't like you, and I ran into that quite a lot because I was opinionated. Without a union, it, they could, uh, could say give you a bunch of crappy jobs to do and make sure you know that they know they're doing it to you. And it's retaliation. It, no, it goes on quite a lot. It's that's nothing. That's not just a little low. You know, it's just a. I don't happen. And you believe that. You'd have a better chance of believing in Q than if you believe in that. But um, you know, I don't know. It's so it's you think the union, uh, the union, help you from uh, sort of arbitrary uh, retaliation yeah. of just based oh, yeah. on not based on your work quality, but based on things you were saying, or they just yeah. didn't like you, or whatever. Yeah, you had a uh, you had a choice. I mean, you didn't you you couldn't. Uh, they still could turn up the heat on you but it, when it come down to like we're going to make him quit that that usually i never saw it happen i mean now some people would you know you know they might complain with so-and-so man he jacked me around or whatever but he might have been jacking you around but he wasn't jacking you around to the extent that they were going to work up a case to fire you and uh mm-hmm. it was a it was a pretty uh Pretty contentious sometimes, but, uh, you know, I had to keep a roof over my head and keep you kids, you know, with, the, you know, paying my share. And, you know, we did, we did a lot when we had our weekends mm-hmm. and stuff. We, we, I tried to do a lot of stuff with you guys. So. Sure. Yeah. Well, so, uh, so the union, um, the union was run out at some point because of an acquisition, right? And then, uh. And then what, 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 what kind of involvement did you have in the union? Did you ever, uh, you know, did you guys ever strike? Did you ever go on a picket line? Did you ever go to a different work workplace and try to help, uh, you know, help with the, with their organizing or anything like yeah, that? I did. Uh, I helped with Albertsons. Now, of course they're not, they're not, uh, they're Albertsons, not the grocery store. Yeah. Grocery yeah. store. They, they're not, they had a warehouse in Fort Worth, but they, Usually the way in Texas they get out of unions is they sell to somebody and then like where they sold to the company I was with, they had to, uh, you'd have to reorganize, revote, and they were, uh, it, it, it would have, and now do you have, you get, you have almost like a hundred percent chance of getting fired on some ticky tack thing where they all oh, had nothing to do with him trying to organize a union. Mm-hmm, so yeah. uh, it was, it's really now when we, 
when we established that union at Martin Brower, we were, it was small. It was only like 40 people voting and, uh, it only passed by a couple votes, which was, but you know, I was, a I was, a one of the union stewards for a really long time and mm-hmm. about half the time I was there. And, uh, that was, a Usually you were. And this was the Teamsters, right? So you, you were yeah. a Teamster shop steward, and then the, the Teamsters tried to organize the Albertson Warehouse. And uh, how, yeah, did, they, how did that they, go? They they got it. We we the, we are one. Did you, how did you? What did you do? Did you like talk to the people there and say, "Hey, you know, we're union over yeah, here, and we, we get X, Y, and Z, or or what?" Yeah, if we had a, uh, if we had a, if the union hall was having a meeting, you know, I would go up. Well, me and probably five or six other people we would say look this is how it is where we are and this is how it was before we were union uh you know if Stuva didn't like how long your hair was he didn't like if you wore earring he didn't like if you wore a some kind of derogatory shirt even though you're working in a non-public sector right uh, and you know we would tell them and you know we when we went union, they couldn't do any of that any anymore. And uh, so, you know, I used to uh, wear a hat to work when I was in the union. That uh, it said my boss is like a diaper. Okay. Half the time he's he's always uh, boss is like a diaper. He's always on my ass. And most of the time, he's full of shit. <laughs> That's what yeah, you would yeah. wear to work in the warehouse? Yeah, I'd wear that hat. Uh-huh. wear that hat to work. Now, <laughs> Where did you get this hat? Like, did the Teamster sell this hat to you? <laughs> no, actually, I bought it like at a stopping. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, at like a Flying J's or something? I, yeah, it's not a genius who ever made it up, but it's like, you know, <laughs> my dudes, there would have been no way that I could have wore that in a non shop but <laughs> everybody thought it's pretty funny so you know. yeah it's good for for morale you know for yeah, the other workers to, yeah try to put a smile on people's faces <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was a pretty classic funny yeah put a lot of stuff on them to give me a cap so yeah <laughs> what uh so uh, you know, after the union was out, I mean, what 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 were things like? Because you you said that you were making fifteen an hour in about two thousand, and then it only got up to about twenty one by the time you left, which was last year, right? Yeah, and so, well, and then plus, yeah. So after after yeah, inflation, that's you you didn't you fifteen if you adjusted for inflation would have been twenty two. So you you were below inflation. Oh, yeah. They no, we, you got uh, a cut basically, a small cut. Yeah, and it might have even been that way with the union, but my the problem I had is the company I was working for was making some really huge profits. Uh, mm-hmm. You got to realize I'm not. I probably won't get this right, but around seemed like around 2015 or something. You know, gas was 250 a gallon, and then it and then it went down to around two dollars a gallon, and you could imagine a company that's mainly they make their money running trucks full of food. You could imagine the cost savings. They were just, that was just like a free fall. It's like, right. A, they had a bunch of cash that they oh, no, got they from were, it. Yeah. They were, they were rolling in, I mean, in cash and mm-hmm. 
I brought it up in one of our raising meetings, and I'm going, well, how do y'all justify that even? And, and they were all, well, you know, we just, corporate, they, they do all these numbers, and we, well, unfortunately, we're just the guys that got to give you the information, and we're going, well, it's uh, the last, to uh, make matters worse, the last uh, two years, we didn't even get a raise in a 19 and 20 and then you know i'm not around now so i don't know if they could get a raise uh they were with pandemic you would think that uh they did have a lot of people have covid sometime but mm-hmm. uh, but the kind of accounts we service mainly fast food restaurants their volume increased oh yeah the warehousing yeah, and uh, logistics yeah. ton more business because people are buying oh, yeah restaurant meals getting them delivered uh getting things shipped to their house and that sort of thing yeah they, they have all that and then plus if you've got a family and you know you're you know let's say you went out to eat twice a week you know mm-hmm. uh, you know but you could say well look i'm gonna i'm gonna go to the chicken house and pick go to the drive through you know whatever yeah. yeah yeah so they were doing good but uh but they didn't share the they didn't share any of the extra. Well, sure. You know, uh. we're, we're, we're owned by Berkshire Hathaway, a company I work for. Mm-hmm. And uh, ironically, when Walmart owned it, it, it changed hands a few times. But when Walmart owned it, <laughs> I was doing the best uh, from a lot of standpoints because they let you in on a stock program. If you put $64 a month, they would match 16 Mm-hmm. Yeah. And a 401k? No, it's just a bad. They had no, they had, no, we did have 401k. I mean, mm-hmm. there's, there's quite, there's some benefits, but, uh, the, uh, that stock thing was totally, you know, to that was, the side of that. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. That was for a company yeah. stock. Yeah. They yeah, yeah. Walmart owned us and they were, and, uh, I, unfortunately, when I broke my ankle, I think you probably remember that. I had mm-hmm. to, I had to cash that stock in because although I was getting 60% of my income or something, it wasn't going to pay my bills. So mm-hmm. I had that as a drawback, but I, I just wish I could have kept going on that. That was a, that was a, but then, you know, Walmart sold it. And, uh, you know, of course the company bought it didn't have any, you know, they weren't gonna, you know, we had a match. Now we had a match when you were there 15 years they would match you uh, one and a half to like four. So if I put in four, they would match me six. Four percent. Yeah, ten ten percent. Four hundred one k. Well, that's four percent was mine. Yeah, yeah, and they put in six, and you get ten percent yeah. in your four hundred one k. Yeah, well, that's pretty good. It's what more than a hundred percent match. Yeah, it's uh, I. That's probably one of the reasons that I'm fairly comfortable in retirement mm-hmm. uh not rich but what are you getting uh what are you getting from social security at this point you're you on that uh, yet or you haven't claimed it yet? you're still yeah, waiting i just started getting it uh-huh. i'm getting uh, i worked a lot of hours so now i'm uh weird number i'm getting 22 22 oh there you go well easy to remember pretty yeah pretty decent yeah that's that's not so bad. Plus, uh, yeah. you know, four hundred one k. What what yeah, you got of that? Good. So, 
That's nice. Yeah. Nice, comfortable retirement after 45 years. I wonder, what what were things like? So in the last 20 years or so that you were working, you didn't have union. And it seems like your wages didn't go up at all, adjusted for inflation. And, uh, you know, what, what kind of things were the bosses up to in terms of, uh, I don't know, the way that they dealt with workers? Uh, I remember at one point there was... Uh, what was this thing that was like a day without a Mexican or something that was like, uh, I don't know, 15, 20 or 15 years ago or something like that. And there are all these walkouts. They were kind of protesting immigration issues or something. Yeah. And I, I don't know. I remember you telling me something about that, but I don't remember specifically what happened. Like they, they were trying to make sure no one walked out or something yeah, like I'll that. Yeah, I'll tell you what was, I'll tell you what was really, it was, first of all, it was unlawful. Totally unlawful, but uh, they were having these uh, Hispanic, uh, mainly Hispanic people were walking uh, off the job for 30 minutes or some were, you know, a lot of the Latino students, high school students, they were rallying at schools and rallying and they were going to have a pretty big major Hispanic uh, demonstration, peaceful demonstration is going to be what well, was it downtown City Hall in Dallas? And uh, mm-hmm. this, uh, I remember this warehouse manager, we had this meeting and he told all those Hispanic people, uh, he said, Look, I, I understand, you know, y'all concerns, which he doesn't, didn't care, but uh, <laughs> you know. <laughs> We're, uh, if you decide to call in to attend any of his political rallies or situations, he said, don't bother coming back. And, uh, you know, we have sick days. And I was like, it's like, dude, this is illegal as hell what you're doing. But, uh, you know, uh, mm-hmm. now I could have called, I could have called in and went to it and been okay. Right. He didn't. He didn't tell you not to go. This guy, Gene Purvis, I called him Gino, black dude. He could have called in, and went with me, but <laughs> him. But it's like, it's like, man, you guys are dirty. But uh, that's the difference right there. That's one difference if you want to bring up a union versus non-union. But uh, yeah, they used to, they, they used to hammer the Hispanic guys harder, and uh, uh. A lot of them fought back. Some of them didn't. But uh, I will tell you just one real quick funny, not funny, I'd say interesting. We would get some people that would transfer from Riverside, California. They had a big operation out there. and uh, A warehouse out in Riverside. Yeah, they would come out. They would come to Texas, you know, because word got out, hey, you can buy, you know, back then – I know people that were living in one bedroom apartments for 1500. Next was a while back. Mm-hmm. And, uh, they were, they'd come over here and, you know, them and their wife get a job, save up for a couple of years and get a house or yeah, you can get a house for like, like 50 grand at one point. Wasn't it something, something like that? It was, it was, I'll tell you one guy told me that, it's kind of mind of the house I live in, but he said, I sold a house in Riverside, two bedroom, one bath, one car garage. I think he said 1,100 square foot, 900 square foot, something. And he came here 
I don't know what if I don't know if he owned the property or he had paid way down on it or whatever, but he had uh, enough money to put down on a four bedroom, two and a half bath, two car garage over in Crowley, which is right about near Fort Worth. Mm-hmm. And I think that at the time, and I'm going back here about 2015, maybe, uh, he paid $145,000 for it. He was, he was like <laughs> sending pictures to all his friends in California to go, man, how you afford a mansion like that, dude? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it was really kind of funny, but the people from Riverside, I can remember about seven or eight of them. They came down here within a month. They were asking me, how do you, how these people, how y'all let these people treat you like this? Mm-hmm. I said, well, the good thing about California is they, they follow a lot of union protocol there. Even if you're not union, I say, I don't care about you here, dude. You know, and yeah, they, they, uh, they're worried in California that you might unionize. Yeah. Yeah. They were, no. And they were, they were, you know, courts cost more to live there. They're paying them, you know, but the thing that was really interesting of about the seven people I can think of, I know five of them went back. <laughs> so they were like, no, they, these might not have been the ones that bought a house or they sold their house and moved. And mm-hmm. they were just like, but they were just kind of amazed they said, well, how y'all put up with us? I said, dude, you know what? You do what you got to do to make a living. I mean, I, you know, I had child support, I had a house payment. I had a, you know, run down truck, I think it was paid for. But, you know, you just, uh, it's, it's a lot easier said than done, you know. And I, I think a great portion of America's that way now. I, I, and that's everywhere. I think you got a, got a really disgruntled, uh, uh, population. I, I was gonna say workforce, but I think population is a better word for it. Uh huh. Well, so one other thing, I, I'm trying to remember the various things that you told me over the years that I think might be interesting to the listeners. One one thing that I remember is you said there was a there was a a, a coworker of yours who called the. Uh, you know, they give you all this stuff in like the handbook that says, hey, if you have a problem with this or that, call our toll-free uh, hotline at corporate or whatever. And there was a guy who actually decided to call that hotline and then and then something happened, but I don't remember exactly. Do you, do you remember what I'm talking about? Well, I, I'd, I'd, I'd heard of some people trying to call it, but I know one guy, he called it... Uh, he was very legitimate. It was a warehouse manager and an inventory control manager. They were having a thing going on, and uh, they didn't really – the warehouse manager didn't like him too good, and so they were bringing a lot of heat on him, and uh, he he called that corporate thing and was going to give him a heads up on this, like, hey, you might want to check this out because they – they had this, we're the most moral companies in America. And I mean, if you heard their little line, it was after you ended up barfing, you, you kind of put it in the back of your head. But, uh, and they asked him his name and all this stuff. And he's gone about maybe two weeks later, maybe a week later. It's just like, hey, we got this guy called in on y'all and his name's so and so and so and so. So, 
I know a lot after that when people would go, man, don't do no good to call that hotline deal. And if, if you, if you're dumb enough to do it, you better not give me no name. Don't. That's a, that's a one way ticket to paradise there. You know, uh-huh. uh, so the, the, the open yeah. door, the open door uh, to uh, have your issues resolved. That actually uh, is not, not so open. After yeah. All. It was, uh, that was one of their things too. You know, you could talk mm-hmm. to the company if you wanted to. And it was, uh, it was real, uh, you know, I, I'd been around all this, uh, minutia for so long that I, you had to be pretty naive or to not see through it. But unfortunately, you know, were some that would do it, you know, mm-hmm. uh, they, they had some, Every once in a while, somebody would go in that warehouse and they'd, they'd go sort of wacko, you know. This one guy, he, <laughs> I guess he'd, he'd been there like 20 years, and I think he had had enough. And he's starting to try to run people over with forklift. Okay, well. <laughs> <laughs> I thought his name was Sherman Brown. I said, hey, man, what happened to Sean? Oh, man. They had to walk him out the door, man. They, they called the police after he left, and I'm like, Damn, you know, but he, <laughs> he lost his mind. It was it got to yeah, be too much for him. It, 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 could, it could work on you pretty bad. You, you had to have a real dark, sarcastic sense of humor, and I was, I was one of the best at that. But it was, it, it could get, it could, you couldn't let all that get to you. But to say it doesn't, you know, I always had people, man, how did you do this for so long? I can't believe you did this for that long. I said, man, you better have a strong mind. You better be able to put it out of your mind because uh, you start thinking there's some fairness or justice or work uh, fairness. I mean, they might give me, they might give you a lot harder assignments than they do you. It's their prerogative. And uh, it's not a, and this this goes on all over America. You think it just happens right here. It's a, uh, there's some states that are better, but I, I think a lot of these southern states, for, uh, in particular, they're they're real bad. They can be real bad about that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. You hear about it a lot. Uh, so one last question I want to uh, ask you before we uh, uh, close up, and I, I kind of want to want to scratch my own uh, I don't know curiosity here. Um, so I know you know over the years when you send me parcels. Um, you like to put uh, various um, honorifics after your name, like a PhD or uh, yeah. MBA and that and that kind of thing. And I've always found that very amusing, and especially amusing that you don't ever mention it. You just do it, and you just you're you're satisfied that that it's a good bit. Um, and, and I think it is. Now, yeah. the last parcel I got from you, I'm trying to determine whether this is part of the bit or not. You sent me, uh, you know, some stuff for the girls. And in it, you had a note, and the note was on Wounded Warrior Project letterhead. Now, I'm wondering, <laughs> was that a bit, or, or, or was that a sincere? What, what, what's the deal with the Wounded Warrior Project well, letterhead? I'll tell you what it is on that one. Uh-huh. I, I haven't ever contributed money to them, but they send me now get. I used to... As you well know, well, you don't really know. You didn't, I don't even know if you ever met him, but my dad, you know, he was wounded in World War II. And uh, mm-hmm. so I would, I used to send money uh, 
to disabled American veterans. The, they were the, whoever was the first one. And now a bunch of these others, like they're trying this, kind of like a vampire, and they're trying to suck blood out of, you know, now I guess you could get a lot of, maybe some really old people and they could start, uh, you know, sending, sending 10 different, uh, once you send any money to anybody, they say they don't give your name out, but somehow you start getting tons of stuff. And, uh, mm-hmm. I don't know. We got, a, I got that one. And then, uh, I got one, one time I got a little calculator. I got a pen. I got a, some pads and I didn't send any money in it <laughs> within about a week. They sent me a little memo thing going, we're just checking to see if you received all those fabulous gifts we sent you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, you know, uh, I only, I tried just to, I try to send, uh, I think it's disabled veterans. I, and I always write down, on a piece of paper and put it in a drawer because it's, uh, and I think it is, I think they prey on people that maybe not, or people that might have a lot of money. I don't know, but they, they might send you another, hit you up again in like three months, you know, well, mm-hmm. you know and it's so, it's kind of, you know, it's uh, interesting, but yeah, that's a bit, how it works for me too, you know, so, <laughs> I'm always, well, you know, uh, you know my wife, of course, and she's uh, she always goes, "You and Matt got the weirdest sense of humor." And I go, "No, it sounds weird if you don't get it." You know, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah, no, uh, people, the people online, uh, I definitely run into people who don't who don't get the who don't get the humor, and uh, you know, I I I, I talk to Liz, and I'm like, I, you know, my dad and my uncles, they're the exact same way. They're the exact same way, and I, I don't know how to, you know, because sometimes people try to make it, like, I don't know, they try to make something of it, like, whoa, yeah. you're just doing some joke because you, you know, some, like, college, like, brainy joke, and I'm like, dude, no, like, these are <laughs> my, my dad jokes the same way. Yeah, I, uh, actually, my dad was that way, too, and, uh. All righty, well, thanks for, thanks for coming on. Um, yeah. I'll, uh, put this out, and, uh. I'll let you know what the uh, what the patrons say. Since yeah, uh, you're not online, I'll, I'll let you know what the commenters yeah, say. Um, hopefully, hopefully, they'll enjoy some of it. I I thoroughly enjoyed this conversation. So I'll yeah, we we can uh, we can, you know we'll do another one you know in a few few months or something uh, you know if if the people like it we'll have to see. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds good. Okay. All well, right. We'll let you go. Buddy. All right. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye-bye. Adios, mofo. <laughs>